Welcome to Adventures of Supergirl Radio, your source for the Adventures of Supergirl digital comic based on the Supergirl TV series that started on CBS and will continue on the CW, thank goodness. Uh, but it's kind of <laughs> awkward now because on the comic, it still says CBS. Uh, my name is Rebecca Johnson. And I'm Carly Lane. And unfortunately, Morgan couldn't join us for this episode uh, because she had a death in the family. So if you guys, if anybody is listening, would like to send her some love on Twitter at Mojotastic, I'm sure she would appreciate that. Um, But for this episode, uh, we are going to discuss Adventures of Supergirl number nine, which was written by Sterling Gates and includes art by Carmen Carnero. The description for issue number nine reads, quote, the architect of Kara's recent woes reveals herself. How long can Supergirl stand against Facet? Unquote. So uh, this chapter was very mysterious and action packed. And it was all about introducing us to this new character named Facet. So what did you think about Facet? It's funny because I I don't know how familiar you are with the latest run of Batgirl that just concluded they're getting ready to do, I guess, a new, a new creative team is going to step in with the whole DC Rebirth plan. But the look of Facet kind of reminded me of, there was like a big overarching villain in the new Batgirl called uh, Fugue. And it was this character who basically implanted fake memories into Barbara Gordon and like made her think that she had done things that she hadn't done and like erased other things that she had done. And it was this whole thing where she kind of had to like battle through her own mind, similar to what Kara's had to do with like Psy and everything. But the look was like, it, it kind of reminded me of the two characters looking alike because they both have like like sleek black kind of jumpsuit looks with like helmet like helmets that cover their entire faces. <laughs> so it was kind of funny because I was like, oh, that's cool. Like they kind of look a little bit alike. Does the other character have like a metallic face? No, like it turns that, out it turns out that he's just like some guy that was posing as one of Batgirl's friends to oh, like no. try and manipulate her. I know. It turns out he's like, it's like, oh, it was the friend all along. Like you're <laughs> like, it, they, there's kind of it's kind of funny though because it's this guy named Greg that everybody's like really annoyed by. It's like, <laughs> oh, Greg, why are you hanging? Why are you oh, over Greg. here all the time? And then it turns on. out that Greg is like the bad guy. Oh no. Poor Greg. Poor Greg. Um, or not poor Greg because he manipulates Batgirl. But um, no, and I, I was actually really excited about it, especially because from the beginning, you can't tell. I, I mean, I wasn't super familiar with the comic, the, the previous origins of the character, if any, but, but I didn't know that Facet was a woman. And then I was like, oh, that's cool. Like, you could kind of tell from before, like, she took the helmet off, but because you could see, like, they obviously, she obviously had the body type, but I was like, oh, that's interesting. Yeah, I think she's an original character for this comic, which is very cool. And I think that's an awesome opportunity for this comic and for Sterling Gates to create something to the show's mythos. So I think that's really cool. Yeah, her. Her helmet kind of reminded me of, I don't know if you've seen the Man in the Iron Mask with Leonardo DiCaprio. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it kind of reminded me of the mask that he wears that just had the slits over the eyes. It felt very like Man in the Iron yeah, Mask. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah. So that was cool. Yeah. But I liked it. I liked that you couldn't really understand what she was saying. I mean, I couldn't. So it made it more mysterious. And Supergirl couldn't really either. She was right. Like, what are you saying? You know? Um, 
but yeah, super cool, super, I felt like there was a little bit of kind of, it, it reminded also me a little bit of like Silver Surfer, because the fact that she takes the helmet off, and then she's just made of like this chrome surface, which also explains, I guess, why Kara broke her hand, but maybe she's like made of some special metal that's, yeah. you know, other, like has some kind of harder strength and durability. Yeah, that's that that is a good point because Supergirl tries to punch her. Supergirl tries to use heat vision. Mm-hmm. Um, nothing seems to really affect Facet, and Facet seems to want to train her. Wants to see what she can do. So uh, I think that's a cool aspect of it. It didn't seem like she was a bad guy like Greg. Um, <laughs> uh, she seemed to maybe want to help Supergirl? I don't know. I'm curious as to where things go from here, but it it seems like Facet has a connection to Kara's family, and um, she seems to at least be... Is amiable the word? Like, she's not aggressive towards her. No. Well, she's not, like... I don't think she's evil, necessarily, but... She doesn't come across, I don't know, she doesn't come across as, like, totally good character either. Yeah. Um, I mean, she pretty much just stands there and takes Kara's, like, attacking her. <laughs> but although, like, the whole the whole panel when Supergirl breaks her hand on her and then she's like, uh, I was like, that's kind of scary to, like, see her actually, you know, not really able to take her, take on it, take on a, you know, somebody that she thinks, I guess, is, you know, could potentially be a villain but also the fact too that she did kind of attack alex so it's i mean it wasn't entirely unprovoked yeah i really one of my favorite panels and i guess it's really a full page in in this issue is the actual introduction to facet where alex is kind of lifeless and she's you know facet's just holding alex's (laughs) lifeless body and it's it's just that's kind of scary i would think for supergirl to see that because Alex, you know, this awesome fighter is kind of not able to do anything. She's she's been taken out and Facet seems really confident that Supergirl can't hurt her and then Supergirl tries to hurt her and she can't. And I think that is something I think that gets Supergirl's attention very quickly is <laughs> she realizes I can't do anything against this person and oh, this person also speaks different languages and also maybe knows my family. So there's a lot going on there. So I'm, I'm very excited to learn more about Facet's uh, connection to Allura. And we sort of kind of mentioned the language stuff. And I, <laughs> I got really into the translation uh translationing translations of <laughs> translating <laughs> the uh, the translating see my language skills after having translated all this stuff i'm just it's totally shot but i you know i, I recognize the kryptonese uh from the jeff Loeb supergirl run from way back i guess that was in the 2000s um but it turns out that I this, this was something I didn't know, that there were other versions of Kryptonian out there. And so when I didn't recognize the language that 
Facet was speaking, I <laughs> contacted Sterling Gates via Twitter, and he's very good about answering questions. And I was like, I don't know what this is. Can you help me understand this so I can try to translate it? And he was like, it's Silver Age Kryptonian. And I said, okay, great. I'll go and dig this up and see if I can find an alphabet. Well, I go and do that, and I found some stuff. I mean, you can find pretty much anything on the internet. And it's, uh, from what I can tell, it's, it's a version of Kryptonian Kryptonian called Bridwell Kryptonese and it was from the 1950s to 1985 and I found this great if you want to go and dig it up and translate it yourself uh, there's a website that's uh, kryptonian.info um, and it has a whole bunch of different Kryptonian alphabets it has fonts you can download which is pretty cool you could like type letters in it if you want to um, nobody will be able to read it but you could um, <laughs> and this website says this version of Kryptonian referred to as Kryptonese by its creator Nelson E. Bridwell and his successor Al Terniansky I think that's how you pronounce it appeared in the comics from the 1950s until the John Byrne reboot in 1986 uh, though these symbols were used, no words or language was actually depicted in the comics. As Terniansky wrote about the symbols, uh, Terniansky said, I know that they're arbitrary because I tried transliterating, I didn't know that was a word, some examples from the comics using his alphabet, and they're completely unpronounceable. <laughs> so uh, that sort of made me feel a little bit better that I was having a little trouble with this one. Because Kryptonese, I'm kind of I'm kind of familiar with it. I sort of recognize some of the symbols, and I'm good to go. But this one was brand new, and so I had a harder time finding an alphabet for it. And so I used this website and sort of downloaded the font. I think I took the long way to this one, Carly, because I downloaded <laughs> the font. And then I created a document where I typed out all of the letters of the alphabet and assigned them uh, the letters that were in the font. And then I started going through and trying to translate the language. Well, I started to kind of hit walls because I was like, this is not in any of this font. And then I realized, oh, uppercase and lowercase matters. So <laughs> that took me even longer because then I had to go back and then assign letters for the uppercase versions <laughs> of the alphabet and then the lowercase because they were different. So I actually think that's really fascinating to me. Um, just, you know, because languages are weird. Languages are very different all around the world. And, you know, when you can decipher them, it's awesome. Uh, but, you know, sometimes when you can't, it gets a little hard. But I like the challenge, and I'm always up for it. And so um, if anybody is interested in what they say, I'll give it to you really quickly. Um, the Kryptonian robots on pages 7 and 10, they're speaking kind of the regular Kryptonese, and they're doing their same spiel with the security kind of stuff. They're, they're, like, they're like, eliminate intruders, eliminate intruders. Um, and then Facet, when she starts speaking Kryptonian on page 11, she says, halt, await my, uh, await my command. And the Kryptonian robots uh, on page 11, they call her mistress. They say, yes, mistress. 
And um, so I wonder if these Kryptonian robots have a, a special personal. You know, I guess she kind of had already kind of connected with them, so that makes sense. Um, Supergirl on page 11 um, in Kryptonese, and I think you referred to this earlier, Carly. She's like, you speak Kryptonian? Like, she's really surprised by that. And then on page 16, um, this one was a little tough, and I don't think I have this correctly. So Sterling Gates, if you're listening, please correct me on this. <laughs> but when I tried to translate it, um, she says, but I can burn pretty griffing close. I don't think that's right. I don't think I got that right. That does not make any sense. Um, Facet on page 17 in Kryptonese says, pick her up. Krypton- the Kryptonian robots on page 17 say, yes, mistress. Uh, Facet, uh, when she's speaking Kryptonese on page 19, she says, ask your mother about me, Supergirl. And then the Silver Age Kryptonian, uh, that, uh, was my new, um, personal enemy today. <laughs> was your nemesis. <laughs> my nemesis. <laughs> um, uh, Facet, uh, when she's speaking the, Sil- the Silver Age, uh, Bridwell Kryptonese, um, says, you got my messages. Welcome to my poor fortress, Supergirl. I think poor Fortress, I, I know Fortress is right. Poor might be up for debate, but I'm pretty sure that's right. That um, would make sense considering that she's like underground though. Yes. I don't know. And, I would, and, I would, it, was, I, and it was kind of dirty. Right. I guess. She's like literally in a cave, like yeah. underground. So. Okay. Thank you for. Uh, <laughs> I'm validating your <laughs> translation. You're, you're justifying my questionable translation of this uh, ancient Kryptonian Silver Age uh, language. Um, on page 10, Facet says, you will understand soon enough. Um, on page 11, she says, now enough talking, show me what you've learned. And then on page 14, she says, you're as foolish as your mother once was. Mm. So Facet, she definitely knows Allura. So do you have any speculations on maybe what that's about, what her connection is to the, uh, the House of El? Or at least, or at least to Allura. Doesn't she talk about? Well, well, she, Kara recognizes the uniform. She says, well, she says she thinks that she's a Fort Rosguard, or it may be connected somehow because she, the uniform is familiar, or I guess at least resembles the right. guards at Fort Ros. But then Fast is like, no, I'm not a guard. So. Does that mean, and then the whole, you know, the the whole part of the Supergirl, like, with Allura's backstory is that she sent a lot of prisoners to Fort Roz. Like, that's kind of what she was known for on Krypton was being, you know, doling out the harsh punishments and stuff for the criminals and other other aliens that were kind of doing bad stuff. So, I'm, that, I mean, I think that Fort Roz is the connection between Facet and Laura somehow. I just don't know exactly what it is, like, how they're connected. But I would imagine that maybe she's some kind of enforcer, mm. if not a guard. I don't know. But that's my that's my guess, is that they're connected somehow through kind of being, like, laying down the law at Fort Roz. That, would, make, that would make sense, since we yeah. know that Allura is an adjudicator, or, right. wa- or was, R.I.P. Right. Allura. Um, on Krypton, and she kind of dealt with the Fort Roz situation. She could sentence people, and mm-hmm. so that would sort of make sense. Um, and something I, I also kind of wanted to bring up that doesn't even have anything to do with Facet was that we sort of got a little bit of background on Alex Danvers. Um, she talks about her med school boyfriend, 
Um, what did you think about that? She references the poems and everything. Did you, did you have any thoughts about Alex's background? Well, it was funny because she, she says the quote and then, and then says it was a poem that her boyfriend used to write. And Kara's like, and they were, the poems were about fighting because <laughs> they're fighting the, they're fighting the Kryptonian robots, like while they're talking. And and then Alex says, well, there's a reason that we broke up, <laughs> which yeah. I thought was really funny. Um, but I liked that. I liked that the, the comic actually opens on close-ups of them literally punching through the robots like you see Supergirl's fist and then you see Alex's hand like with the knife stabbing one of the robots I guess in the screen um but that's it was kind of funny that they're both just like fighting and making small talk at the same time yeah <laughs> yeah like, just having like clever little banter back and forth it was cute yeah that's kind of the fun of seeing them in these these issues I think because you know, they're both really capable. Even Alex, even though she doesn't have superpowers, she can hold her own and she can kind of stay in the fight. And we see later on in the issue that she pulls out this boomer mm-hmm. <laughs> thing and um, kind of gets a little bit of an upper hand uh, using an explosive device on Facet. Did you have any thoughts about that? I mean, I don't know what she really thought it was going to do, <laughs> especially since super- I don't think that's going to completely get rid of her. I think it's... It's probably just going to, I mean, it's, I guess it served just to kind of get them out of there, but I definitely don't think that we've seen the last of Facet. Um, it was, I think it was more of a diversion than anything else. Yeah, I think it was just maybe to, like, scare Facet away or trying to, like you said, just kind of a distraction. Give him an exit, yeah. Yeah, Because yeah. she flies her out. Uh, Carl, you know, picks her up and kind of zips her out of there. Yeah, that's that's a great page. That's a yeah, that's a great it's really page. cool. And she's kind of looking over her shoulder, like. Ah. <laughs> but I love that uh, the panel where it's, you see the reveal of the fact that Alex is the one who's pulled this like bomb or grenade. She right. she, she looks like she's a uh, she's kind of proud of herself for pulling that out. And the little sound they even they even wrote the sound effect of the bomb like ting 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 like you're yeah. bouncing across the floor. Yeah, that's cute. That's, you, I, yeah, yeah, you can uh, really hear it. It's so funny. Well, do you have any uh, like other thoughts? Any overall thoughts about this issue that we didn't already talk about? I liked it. I think it was a nice little follow up to the last issue because we did end on the cliffhanger there and. And it was in, you know, it was a short fight, but I definitely think it was just the beginning of more between Supergirl and Facet. So that's why I'm kind of excited because I'm wondering if it's going to go differently during their next interaction, especially once Supergirl kind of goes. Because, I mean, it sounds like they're going to go back to the DEO and um, she's going to talk to the Allura AI and get more info. Yeah. So that'll be fun. And also will be at the DEO, which is exciting because then maybe I'll get to see Hank and Sean. It's like Sterling heard your plea. Oh, man. I was thinking about that. I was like, oh, we'll probably get a little bit of Hank in the issue then if they're going back to the DEO. Um, no, I I really loved this issue. I think in terms, too, of like we were talking, we were kind of laughing a little bit about the whole boomer like sound effect, but... I, I like the visual aspect of a lot of the little sound effects. Like there's a, I don't, I don't know if I just never noticed them before or wasn't paying a lot of attention, but there's a lot of sound effects drawn into this issue. Like when, um, let's see, there's like, like 
when she zaps the robot, it's literally drawn like the sound of it or Supergirl co- like coming through the wall, smashing through the wall. You just see this giant like croom sound and like there's all these little there's all these little just sound effects that are they're drawn in, but they're drawn in in different ways, too. So you actually can kind of hear the sound as you're reading it, which I think is really cool. And I just, I don't know. Maybe I was, like, I've been oblivious the last couple issues <laughs> and didn't notice them before. But, it's like, now I'm really noticing them. So that's that's really cool. Or, like, when Facet kind of punches Kara across the across the cave and you just see the, like, wadoom. Like, yeah. Yeah. And you can, like, you can, like, feel it, too. Because it's drawn, like the impact is almost drawn too, and the and the way that it's colored. So it, I mean, every every little detail of that I think is just really neat. That's so cool that you point that out because um, I've I've been trying to make this a habit for myself. Um, but a couple of years ago, I went with my brother to a museum, an art museum, and they offered a, a free class uh, called Slow Art, and we were like, okay, what's this about? And so it's a practice when you're looking at art to stand there in front of a a painting or a picture, whatever it is, for 10 minutes. And you're supposed to kind of take it in. And, you know, whatever, whatever you see, whatever pops out in your head, whatever you feel, whatever, uh, you know, you hear, sometimes you can even like in the, in the comics, like you can hear stuff, you can imagine things sometimes, um, you know, whatever it is you're feeling, you know, take it in for 10 minutes and then go on to something else. And it was such a cool class because it forces you to kind of pay attention to the art. And that's something I had never done before then, really. I mean, I had been reading comics and, you know, I kind of take it in. But sometimes I think when we read comics, we do it so quickly that we don't um, kind of put ourselves into it. Or at least I don't. I don't want to speak for everyone who reads comics. Um, but that was a neat practice for me because I learned that when you do that, sometimes you can, you can even, like, I can even feel, like, the temperature. If there's a picture where it's sunny or it's outside, maybe I can feel a breeze. It's it's the neatest thing about art. And so I think that's such a cool point that you bring up with the the sound effects in this issue because I think it really helps put you in that moment with them and I I think it helps you kind of you know feel what Supergirl is dealing with and hear it and so that yeah that's a cool point I think yeah and I think I mean unfortunately I think sometimes for me that's one downside of because I'm a you know I'm a comic reader who mostly relies on digital comics just because I don't have the sheer space for (laughs) like to have all the print that I want um, and you know, this has been primarily a digital comic. I mean, we've only just started getting print, you know, the print versions released. And so the way that I have it set up on the Comixology app is that I read by individual panel yeah, because it's easier to read on my phone. But then I think sometimes I miss the effect of the overall page. And so I sometimes have to force myself like after I've read it and can kind of read the story to go back and look at it you know, as a whole page, kind of the way that it was intended to be yeah, um, taken in. So I think, I think that's, if anything, it's forced me to be a little bit, paying a little bit more attention, but I definitely have sometimes fallen into the bad habit of like just racing through the comic to read it and then missing little things. So I think it's nice 
that, like having the opportunity to discuss this comic has made me want to pay more attention and then also extends to the other series that I've been reading like making me want to make sure that I don't miss anything because you know you, I think it's easy like you said to just kind of read through it and you're not really you're not absorbing necessarily the art as well as the story yeah I I have to practice it myself because a lot of times I will read things so quickly to you know get it done you know because there are all these comics in my comicsology out there. I'm like, I want to read that. I want to read right. that. And so I it so built, many <laughs> it builds up. And so you're like, I gotta, I gotta get through this. I gotta get through this. And so it is nice. And the good thing about this comic, this digital comic, is that it's short, and you can't, you do have the opportunity to kind of take it in and kind of mull over the art. Because I've really been enjoying Carmen Carnera's. I mean, I've enjoyed all of the art in this series so far, but the last two issues, I've just been over the moon with the way it's been drawn. Um, and so I, I, I personally have to practice the slow art and, and really take it in because sometimes when I go to an art museum, I look at a painting for five seconds and I move on to whatever else is there. And so sometimes it is a, it is a practice. So, um, and I think the advantage that we have podcasting about it is that we can talk to each other and kind of compare notes in a way to where like you and Morgan might see something that I miss. And so that's, that's a really neat part of this experience. Um, and there was also something I wanted to mention really quickly that I thought was cool about the, the writing of this issue is that um, there's a lot of talk about mysteries and mystery novels. And there's a mention of Agatha Christie and Jim Top, uh, Agatha Christie, of course, who wrote, um, she's very famous for writing things like Murder in the Orient Express, uh, among other mystery novels. And, and uh, a couple of authors I didn't know about, um, even though I know their work, I didn't know their name. Um, there's a reference to Jim Thompson, who is best known uh, having written the novel called The Killer Inside Me, um, which is about a small town sheriff who, even though he seems like a nice guy, has some violent urges. So that sounds like a pretty good mystery. And then there's also um, uh, Deschiel, maybe I'm pronouncing that right, maybe I'm not, uh, Deschiel Hammett who is well known for creating characters like Sam Spade of the Maltese Falcon and uh, Nick and Nora Charles of the Thin Man. So very classic um, kind of mystery, kind of film noir type stories. So uh, I thought that was another really cool aspect of the story. Kara, you know, she's talking about mysteries and how Clark loves them, even though she thinks they're infuriating. Um, so I think that that was a really fun aspect of it because Facet is a big mystery. But it's all been revealed. Well, not all of it. Some of it has been revealed in this issue. So this was a fun one. Um, well, I think that's going to do it for our thoughts on Adventures of Supergirl number nine. Uh, if you've already picked up this issue, make sure to give it a rating in Comixology. And if you haven't bought it yet, Adventures of Supergirl is available in the DC Comics app, the Comixology app, as well as Comixology.com iBooks, Google Play, the Kindle Store, the Nook Store, Amazon, and at readdcentertainment.com. And as far as keeping up with us, if you want to contact Supergirl Radio, you can email us at supergirlradio at gmail.com. 
You can post a comment on our website at supergirlradio.com. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter and Instagram, all at Supergirl Radio. And we have become a literal Supergirl Radio on Spotify, so check out our playlist for some good music there. And you can also listen to us on Google Play. We are available on iTunes and Stitcher, so if you have time, we encourage you to give us a rating and write a review. Uh, We are also a part of the DC TV podcast circle, so if you also like Gotham, Arrow, The Flash, Legends of Tomorrow, and even the DC movies, subscribe to our DC TV podcast mega feed and follow at DC TV podcast on Twitter and like DC TV podcasts on Facebook. As for me, you can follow me on Twitter at DerbyKid, that's D-E-R-B-Y-K-I-D, and watch videos I've shot and edited on my YouTube channel at youtube.com slash duckmilkprod, that's D-U-C-K-M-I-L-K-P-R-O-D. You can find me on Twitter at Carly Lane. You can find my work on the weekends at The Mary Sue, which is at themarysue.com. And I also occasionally write for other sites. But if you want to keep up with me, primarily Twitter is the best way. Twitter is usually the best way for me as well. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Well, join us next time as we continue to go on the adventures of Supergirl. 